You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Hell State Nation? Welcome to Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast dedicated to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I'm your host, Taylor Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off your next order. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram. That's Locked On Miss State. That's Locked On M I S S S T. You can also send us an email, Locked On Mississippi State at gmail.com. Have a lot to get into today as we head into the bye week. We've got to recap last week's game, and we'll kind of talk about uh, some ins and outs of everything going on in the football program. Mississippi State falling at home on Saturday to the number 11 team in the nation, Texas A&M, 28-14, just a game that uh, nobody really had a lot of fun in. I know uh, Will Rogers, we got to see him a lot more. K.J. Costello just not having it again. And uh, where's Kylan Hill? Uh, we're going to mention all of that as well. We're going to do all of that with our good friend Bart Heitch. And Bart, uh, bye week coming at a pretty good time. You think it, it can't be bad? Um, I don't know that our I don't know that the offense can get any worse. Um, you know, as far as the trending is going, the last three games you score seven points, zero points, um, and seven points. That's all our offense has scored. So, you know, that's not going to beat anybody in any league, um, no, no matter how good your defense is. But, again, the defense the defense at least gave us a spark um, and got us back in the game, you know, when nothing was going right. But, you know, Taylor, I said, we got to get the offensive line fixed, man. I mean, it's a point of attack. And I saw it up close firsthand. Um, it didn't matter if it was run. It didn't matter if it was pass. We did run it a little bit better. Um, we mixed in some, you know, wide runs here and there and stuff. You know, there were still – we're all still wanting to run it on second and four, um, you know, and, and those shorter downs. And uh, and that's just not what Coach Leach is used to doing. But what's happening is we can't string together positive plays um, on the ground or in the pass game. And it seems like people are just dropping and they know what we're going to do. They're rushing three and four. They never brought more than five one time. And we were under pressure the whole game. And it's hard for any quarterback to stand back there now, you know, and take that heat. And get uh, and get completions and move the ball down the field, but uh, I will say that um, you know I, I I know the coaches are welcoming this uh, this off week. You know you got the what we all saw um, we saw how good Alabama is with without the help they had that we'll get into later. But um, you know it, it's more than just a tall task challenge. Right now you've just got to go back and compete and practice and find out who wants to be out on the field to a couple of weeks. And you bring up not being able to get anything going. The big thing that stood out to me is I know with Coach Leach and historically the air raid is a throwing offense, so you're not going to see a whole lot of rushing. But we've at least at some point uh, during the year a couple of times have seen some instances where we can run the ball if we need to. Probably not as much as you know we would like to, you know, running it against SEC defenses, but we've been able to see you know at least some output from the running backs. There were only uh, two rushers that had more that that actually had positive yards uh marks only had 25 dylan johnson had seven but then you've got will rogers with negative seven and then kj costello with negative 27 
Um, just the rushing game not really going well. And then, of course, only 219 yards total throwing and 120 of that came from Will Rogers coming in for K.J. Costello. So, I mean, it just seems like the offensive output is just slowly, you know, I, I really wouldn't say getting worse. I guess the the cup half full way of me saying this is people are really starting to figure out Mississippi State, and there's got to be a way to where we can kind of, you know, be a little bit more diverse with what we do. I agree. I also, um, oh, man, it's it's just there's not, in my opinion, there's not a whole lot right now um, that can be done. I, I don't necessarily, yeah, what, here's what, I don't know if they figured out the air raid, but they have figured out, or Mike Litch's offense or what have you, I know that's what everybody's saying. People have figured out that if the other team's offensive line can't block the three to five that they rushing, that they can put about six to, I mean, they can put you know, seven, eight people back every single play, and there's nowhere to throw the football. Um, there's not time. The windows are not there. Our, our receivers don't have time to get the routes. Um, and it's and it's and it's a problem, man. So you know, I'm not willing to say that. I'm not even close to being willing to say and give up on Coach Leach and the staff. And um, but man, we're we're shuffling a lot of guys. A lot of guys are in different places than they were. You got guys that were at center, they're at guard, they're at right tackle, they're at you know left tackle. I mean, you know, we've we've shown some glimpses at times. Um, but but man, you can tell when it's really a problem when you got to start shuffling guys around. I mean, you get a tweak here, they have an injury, and it's the offensive line right now, Taylor. Um, you know, and, and what starts happening when you can't move the football, when you can't score, uh, the quarterback is frustrated because he can't get through his reads. The receivers don't get to run their routes. The running backs are always having to, to, to pinch and help and um, not get out of the backfield and catch passes. Or when they do catch passes, there's two to three guys they're waiting on. So it's – and then the defense. It's frustrating for the defense if they keep going out there and getting stopped, you know, stop after stop, and then there's no production on offense. So um, the bye week, you mentioned – it's coming at a time that I don't think uh, I don't think I think every single Mississippi State fan welcomes it. Um, and right now we're just looking for positivity um, moving forward. The one good thing is we've got a lot of young kids that are getting a lot of experience. And you know we may it's not gonna be long. We're probably going. I think we've all come into agreement that this is probably not gonna be the year um, that we're gonna get a whole 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 lot better. But you know by the end of that season when we get in the second half of the year and we're down the stretch, you know, that's when we, you know. There's a couple of gettable games there on the back end, and so we just got to keep better, getting better and building uh, and building the right culture until then. Uh, coming up on the bye week, we're going to talk a little bit about it here on this segment, a little bit in the next segment, because there's a handful of things I want to get into and kind of get your thoughts on. Um, and we'll start with this one position group specifically, because I think we're starting to see, uh, as you mentioned, the frustration. I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Uh, but we're starting to see Will Rogers really come in uh, a lot more quickly than I think he wanted to, than I thought that uh, a lot of Mississippi State fans wanted to. Because we were so high on K.J. Costello, uh, there was a lot of, you know, back and forth with Coach Leach, you know, why hasn't he named a starter when it came to the beginning of the year? Uh, and it was all but assumed that it was K.J. Costello, but the more that we read up on Will Rogers, this is an offense that he's, you know, known. He's, I mean, he took over for Gardner Minshew, at Brandon High School. We know what he was able to do in the air raid offense at both East Carolina and Washington State. So we knew that Will Rogers was groomed to be in this offense, or at least he knew a little bit about the offense. 
but KJ Costello having that experience. And then he went with KJ Costello in the LSU week. Uh, he throws for over 620 yards, and we think, okay, he's the guy. You know, put him on the Heisman ballots. This is going to be the guy. But just things have not been able to click as well as the games have gone on. And uh, we're starting to see a little bit more of Will Rogers uh, come in as well, as we mentioned, Saturday having a 120 yards throwing. Um, this one group specifically, what do you think they need to work on over the next two weeks in order to go into that Alabama game and then the rest of the uh, six games the state has left in order to at least get something positive out of the end of the year? It was difficult. I know the thing that I hope everybody realizes is this guy – it's got to be very difficult for Coach Leach um, as well with this with this quarterback situation. Obviously, it's tough for KJ. Um, you know, you get hard your senior year, um, where you where you're one of the top quarterbacks and statistically, especially in the history of your school. And then you know, Coach Leach has showed amazing loyalty to KJ because it hasn't been great. At the same time, you know, like perfect example on. Uh, one of the, the one of the interceptions, the one the long interception he threw to the end zone, um, to where you know, it looked like it was a bad throw. It looked, we were talking about that, you know, and that's one of those to where the, when there's no single safety in the when there's no safety in the middle and it's man, he's throwing that ball to a spot, Taylor, and you know you can it just it kind of looks like they're just not quite there yet, not quite in sync, you know if he. If he had more time, that or the route might not be right here. It might not, be. and that affects the quarterback. Um, you heard Coach Leach say, I don't remember what interview it was, um, or, I, or I actually did. It was a local interview in Birmingham, uh, at, at like a quarterback club deal, where he was talking about. He said, you know, everybody talks about. It. The question was, who's your favorite quarterback of all time that you coach? Which I actually think is a terrible question um, to ask a coach because you know you're going to have. Even, like uh, you go, unless it's clear, you know, you've had a lot of good quarterbacks. You're going to like them all. But uh, he went on. He, he would. He, he said, you know, I, I like all my guys. They all have a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things about them that I think are amazing. Um, sorry, I got a clock. Sorry, I can get that out. But they all have qualities. He said they're amazing. He said, but the one thing in common that they all had were people who blocked for them. And he went on to say that's why he believes that the offensive line, not any particular, but those guys as a unit are the most important. Mike Leach believes they're the most important because he knows his quarterbacks can't do what they need to do because KJ didn't look good, man. He hadn't looked good in two or three weeks, but I think you saw coach Leach leave him in, um, you know, cause the kid moved his life down here, moved his livelihood down there. This is something that went on for a while. You know, there's a, there's a big support group for KJ and you hate to see it, you know, roll like this. So, I like that Coach Leach is giving him every opportunity. At the same time, I I wanted I wanted to see Will in maybe a series before, maybe two series before, just because of the hype. Because, but I'll tell you one other thing that's hard to say that neither one of these guys do very well. Um, we don't have really a mobile. Neither one of those guys are very mobile. Um, if that makes sense, do you? You know, do, does that bring a different dynamic? Um, I'm not saying that they can't, you know, get a third and one, get it here and there, but you don't really worry how. Nobody we put a quarterback do you really have to worry about running the football. Um, and, you know, say what we want to, our receivers are not Alabama. Um, and, and and nobody else's really are. So we got to mix it up and do something. Um, I just think you – I said earlier, when it's going bad, you got to – we, we used to call ours uh, blood and gutters. Um, they need a couple of blood and gutters this week, maybe about three or four of them actually. Um, you know, just beat each other up. And 
call it go back to the drawing board, call it go back to fundamentals, but practice does not need to be fun this week um, at all. And to be, for that matter, probably not even next week um, because there were some effort plays that were just giveaways and give ups. And, you know, we got, we got to change all that, but I, but I think it, to, to finalize the point, um, we got to find a quarterback that we believe in moving forward, and we got to find a way to protect him so he can get some momentum so all these other plays you know, won't be affected in a negative way because they know we can't score on the offensive end. We'll continue our conversation about what State needs to do heading into the bye week in just a few moments. We'll also talk a little bit more about what all happened in the SEC this weekend, including that big game between Alabama and Georgia. Alabama is who we'll see in two weeks. So Bart and I will share our thoughts on that game and the opponent coming up in two weeks. Locked on Mississippi State show today is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's covered 100% in chocolate. It's soft and easy to chew, but it is good for you. How is that so, Taylor? Well, they're low calorie, they're low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, perfect for those that are on the keto diet and perfect for those that are health conscious. Let me tell you about my favorite flavor that I've had so far. That's the cookies and cream. That's one of their new flavors that they've added not that long ago. And let me tell you, it's one of my favorites. Only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You can't beat that with the protein bar. And also, it tastes delicious. There's 18 amazing new flavors, including the cookies and cream that we just mentioned, the caramel brownie, the double chocolate, the toffee almond, the coconut, peanut butter brownie, so much more. So go to BuiltBar.com, and when you find your perfect bar, or you can do what I like to do sometimes, we've got like a three-pack where you can get six of three different flavors and uh, pick your favorite. So once you go check out, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code Locked On will get you 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So there are just some times in life where you're just constantly going, nonstop hustle. You've got to be you 24-7. And sometimes you just got to chill. Well, sometimes I like to chill. I like to watch sports. That's the way that I chill. I like to watch the Bulldogs. I like to watch Major League Baseball. Uh, The NFL's in full swing. I know NBA just finished, but that's another good sport that I like to watch as well. And the perfect thing that I like to do when I sit down and chill and watch sports is I like to crack open a cold Coors Light. Uh, There's not a lot of college football teams out there, but you do get to watch the Bulldogs. You do get to watch the SEC, and it's still a great time for everybody to get together and just enjoy a beer. So come on in, uh, get you a Coors Light, and just enjoy yourself. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, the perfect thing to help you unwind. Coors Light, that's the one that I choose when I choose to unwind. I like to watch sports all the time. I like to just relax after a long day. Coors Light is the way to go. You can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Just go to CoorsLight.com. It's the beer that's made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Colden, Colorado. We're continuing our conversation with Bart Heitch about the upcoming bye week and what State needs to work on. We left off uh, talking about the quarterbacks, but there is one uh, glaring thing that uh, we didn't notice in the game on Saturday, and that is uh, Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill, uh, nowhere to be found. He wasn't on the field during warm-ups. Everybody's thinking, gosh, where is he at? What's going on? Uh, but he did post something on Facebook 
I don't know if uh, they were the first ones to report it. So if uh, you were the first ones to report it, and I'm not giving you credit, I deeply apologize. But the first place I saw it was uh, on Fifth Quarter. Uh, Fifth Quarter on Twitter uh, saw that they took a screenshot of Kylan Hill's personal Facebook page, uh, a status that he put up saying, I'm not playing due to family and personal reasons. Not kicked off. I'm. That's not what the. I'm not doing what the media is saying. I'm doing, which was some rumors that we heard a little bit last week that something was going on with Kylan Hill. I think he uh, tried to make his case on that point, and then he ended the uh, status by saying, "I feel like I owe nobody an explanation when it comes to family." But Kylan Hill, um, and you can probably call it the offense, maybe just trying to adjust, but. Kylan Hill not uh, being able to contribute as much as we would like to him uh, like to see, uh, not being able to contribute as much as he has in years past. Uh, just how much of a uh, 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 just a hole does Kylan Hill leave not being able to play? On the field at the time, he does so many things, not just well. At an at a high level, like a very elite level, sometimes maybe it complicates things. But you know, my question is just, look, man. Um, the question has has kind of come in. We and, and we were talking about this weekend. Would Colin rather go get us a first down, or would he he rather jump over somebody for a for his draft status? Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I'd say that. Right, you know, and, and and I'm that that's just not saying that's what it is. But I'm saying that's what I'm curious about. And because I just <clears throat> situations like this, typically where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, yeah, I, I've been very transparent about things, you know, about my struggles in my life and things that I've had to deal with. You know, I was a freshman on the final four team. A lot of people remember that we lost to uh, Arkansas, um, uh, well, the Arkansas Little Rock. Yeah. And yeah. with Derek Fisher yeah. and Malik Dixon um, to Wimp Sanderson my freshman year. Now, I didn't play in that game as Coach William, and I, as I leave it, um, it was a little freshman incident, and it surely was an incident, you know, that I, you know, just to be quite honest, went out. Um, it was it was a game week, you know, a couple nights before a game, and, uh, you know, I shouldn't have done it, and he didn't like it, and he sat me, and, and Bull and Daryl had to play 40 minutes. Well, again, there's just a difference if Daryl Wilson and Marcus Bullard are not in the game or are – are tired um, or it's not normal for them. And, you know, I caused that. I, I, I caused the fact by my actions, for whatever reason, I caused that I wasn't in the game. I don't know what's going on with the kid's family. I'm not going to sit here and say anything that I don't know and I can't speak of. Yeah, there's been a lot of rumblings. And, yeah, typically where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, if I had to if I had to gather, um, I think this is one of those situations that is being handled internally. And we're just hoping, you know, what something happened, whatever happened. Um, you've heard this story. You've heard that story. Um, is he on the team? Is he off the team? Is he not? The one thing I think coach Leach is doing is he's giving he's whatever's going on. Every opportunity is being given. Um, I, I do not think Taylor that it's just a family um, situation. He does not owe me any explanation um, or anybody else for that matter. Um, what's going on in his family in, in anything and prayers up, if, you know, whatever the situation is, but that still doesn't fix the fact that, um, that, you know, there's been some verbal stuff go on. There's, uh, there's definitely been, 
you know, times where you know, we question, man, is he, he's tweaked this, he's hurt again, he's out on third down, he's this, that. And it's just, it seems to be a pattern, Taylor. And hopefully we've got it turned around and hopefully these next couple of weeks he can get back to practice and Colin can become the leader that we've all really hoped we'd see him become in his Mississippi State career. Yeah, as we said last week in our Bolo episode, I did uh, title it that, the Bolo episode, Be on the Lookout. We told them. Yeah. We told folks, didn't yeah. we? We did. So continue to uh, Bolo when it comes to Kylan Hill. And, yeah, you uh, never know what you're going to get, man. Hey, watch, hey, I t- if anybody wants to know where Kylan Hill's at, he's on social media. He is. He is. He's going to let you know what's going on with him on social media. So at least you get that part of him. Yeah, you don't get. You know that way. Yeah, you don't get uh, very many college athletes that are that transparent. You don't have a lot of coaches that allow college athletes to be that transparent. So we do give uh, Kylan Hill that. Uh, we've got one more segment coming up. When we do, we're going to be talking about the uh, probably the biggest game in the SEC over the weekend. That was Alabama and Georgia, and Alabama will be Mississippi State's next opponent after the bye week. We'll continue that conversation with Bart Heitch after this. This is Locked On Mississippi State. Today's episode. Brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. Get 20% off your next order. Final segment on today's show. We've had a pretty good show. We recapped the Texas A&M loss. We also talked about two uh, key aspects, the uh, running back situation with Kylan Hill, as well as the quarterback situation between Will Rogers and KJ Costello. Uh, Just several of the things we think Mississippi State needs to work on this week, uh, the first bye week of the year. Um, But now we're going to move on to next week's opponent. It's, It's never a bad idea to get too far ahead. Uh, next week's opponent will be the Alabama Crimson Tie. That game will be played in Bryant-Denny Stadium on Halloween. Uh, they got a big win over Georgia, 41-24. It was a game that was tight. And at, the, uh, at the end of the first half, Georgia actually led that. I actually saw the stat on the uh, CBS broadcast that night that said that uh, I think it was two of the last three times or three of the last four games that Alabama and Georgia played that uh, – Georgia was up at halftime and ended up losing the ball game. That uh, that record extended uh, the other night with Alabama defeating Georgia 41-24. to uh, But, Bart, it was just another game where Bama got a late kickoff. It was the 8 o'clock kickoff. And uh, my only assumption that they got that late kickoff is to make sure the check got to Birmingham on time. What do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're all uh... – Everybody but Alabama fans are just conspiracy theorists, um, I guess, Taylor. And I've lived here a long time, man, and I've seen it. I've just seen seen a lot. Um, I, I come out of Tuscaloosa, and, you know, it's it, it's one of those situations that I will say this. Um, this 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 Jones kid is, is legitimate. He's really good. They, You know, we were all wanting it to be Kyle, and, you know, and, and we kind of – can you believe that about two or three weeks ago we were sitting here thinking about that KJ Castello, like nothing against KJ, but that like his team, his his play, his talent was going to put him in a position to where he would, you know, compete with Mac Jones for whether it be accolades every week or a high, or literally, you know, the word Heisman front runner was mentioned and stuff. And you know, we all sit back and look and like, you know, I'll be the very first to tell you, man, we're not Alabama. Um, but I think those two receivers, I think Smith is going to end up being 
the most underrated receiver that's ever played at Alabama. Taylor, he's a stud. He's going to be a big time pro. Um, start his career off catching the pass from two on second twenty six against Georgia to win the national championship. You know, not a lot of kids get to make that play ever um, or capable of, it, especially as a freshman. Waddle's pretty much unguardable. Um, anytime he wants to be, he'll be a great pro too. But you know, there were three particular plays that pretty much sum it up. You know, and people can tell me I'm crazy. People can call me a whiner on Twitter. The Bammers can go after me all they want to. When all I did was basically make a statement that says, when you extend your arm and you shove a defender, you shove a defender out of the way to make a play on the ball, that is interference in the NFL or in college football. It's not like the five-yard rule to where when you put your hands on somebody, it's not like that, man. And so the point being is like this – we can't even argue it. It's kind of like trying to talk to a Kentucky basketball fan about basketball um, because they think they're, they're just smarter than you because, because they're a Kentucky fan. And, and Alabama wins all the time. So these plays don't really happen because it's Alabama and everybody's just got to get used to it. I mean, my father talked about it for 40 years when we would go to Legion Field. It would happen. You know, back in 99, I remember we went over there and it, we were like, um, I would like to 14 in the country. And they, and they weren't great. They were good. But I, we ran a punt back. It was three to nothing, if I'm not mistaken. We ran a punt back, middle of the third, maybe, to the great defensive battle to like the six yard line just a flag and nobody knew where it came from um some block in the back here and there the run you got tackled in the end zone when we were there too through uh um i guess it was that you got tackled in the end zone right we got tackled and you know if you said anything about that you know you were a crybaby whiner oh yeah just it happens you can't tell me that waddle didn't push the guy down i don't care what anybody says they were hand fighting or not he extended his arm and pushed the guy down. That's op- That's OPI. You can't do that. And then, of course, the next call, the interference call at, at the goal line against Georgia is just those are the type. Here's the bottom line. You talk about Alabama, the opponent, in a couple of weeks. You're going to, especially when they're good, when they're number one or two and they're carrying the, and they're carrying the conference flag. I don't know if there's a check sent to Birmingham or not. I know this. I know that official that was there the other night. Look back the last three or four years. He's always seemed to be there. Um, and they just couldn't overcome. There were a couple of questionable last year, this, that, you know, but it was actually more even last year. LSU was kind of carrying kind of carrying the conference flag as well. So it's just it always seems to happen in Tuscaloosa, Taylor, and it doesn't really matter which te- which, what team it is. If, if a team goes in there with a chance to knock Alabama out of that top spot, um, or prevent Alabama from getting into that top spot. It just seems like we're always having these conversations. And, you know, I know what I see. I know what I've seen for years. Um, you know, and and just because you sit and tell yourself, it's kind of like George Costanza says, you know, it's not a lie. It's you believe it. Right? That's that a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's not what he said. Hold on. X that out. What did he say? Um I don't anyway, X that out. But point point being point being is it's not ever gonna be easy when you go to Tuscaloosa. Um but 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 it's not you gotta overcome a whole whole lot uh, when it's at this situation. Like the situation it is right now. You know, they're rolling, they're good, but they all start saying on Twitter, once that tide starts rolling, we all know what that means at home. Um and there's just gonna be plays that, you know, a lot of times it's hard to stop. So Congratulations. Roll Tide, I guess.
<laughs> well, I guess that's uh, that's something we'll have to worry about in a couple of weeks. Uh, Bart Heitz joining us on today's show, recapping the Texas A&M game, as well as uh, giving our thoughts on K.J. Costello, Will Rogers, Kylan Hill, that situation, several things that State needs to work on heading into the bye week. And then, of course, our... Uh, uh, recap of the biggest game in the conference last weekend between Georgia and Alabama. Uh, we'll continue our bye week coverage tomorrow. Coach Leach will be having his press conference today. We'll be having a recap tomorrow. And then Bart Heitz will be joining me again on Wednesday. Looking forward to uh, recapping what Coach Leach said. Maybe we'll uh, hear some more information about certain things. Maybe something that we're not even talking about right now that could be a, a topic of discussion. You never really know what you're going to hear uh, from Coach Leach, you for sure aren't going to know what you're going to hear on Locked On Mississippi State. So be sure to uh, stay tuned to us every single day as we bring you the latest in Mississippi State athletics. Uh, we've got a, a lot more coverage to uh, give this week, Barch. I know uh, you've got a lot more uh, to say as well. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, at bheights22 on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. We had some good active stuff this weekend. Um, the OG Tom Tent was rocking. Uh, only probably get, have it a couple more times. We'll miss a couple of games at home uh, down the stretch. But uh, Bar Heisch on Facebook. I enjoy interacting uh, with, with everyone. And hey, man, uh, no college has already started. Basketball, basketball starts this week, man. And uh, and so you know, might ease into a little. Uh, might see if I can get a word and see uh, see what we're hearing. You know, in the early stages. Uh, uh, coming out of the hump see if there's any surprises and anything see if i can see if i can get some inside info about what's going on in the basketball program yeah we got a little chill in the air that means the basketball season is upon us so uh be sure to stay tuned to locked on mississippi state for everything going on in mississippi state athletics so until tomorrow have a great day hell state and we'll talk again soon go dogs